Ready? Ready. Welcome to the Chris and Katie podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. Thanks for listening. All right. We're live. So we, I wanted to do a talk about, well, the power of habit. I wanted to do a talk about this a while ago. Uh, there's a book called The Power of Habit written by Charles Duhigg. And it's my favorite book. Um, I first listened to it in a car ride. Me, you, a couple of our, a couple of our friends were driving to Denver to see our other friend, and it was like it was like two in the morning, and I, it was my four hour shift, and I uh, I just listened to this book on like one and a half speed, and like I was just so focused. We were I was driving through Nebraska, and there's nothing it was just flat and I was going like 85 and just I was just obsessed with this book and it like changed my life after that meanwhile all of us were sleeping waiting yeah. sleeping for our shift that was coming up after yours yeah I thought I thought I was driving you guys crazy because they're talking at like like a really fast pace one and a half speed <laughs> but you guys slept so I, I just kept listening so the power of habit so the main part of like a building a habit or a habit that he mentions in the book, you have a cue, a routine, and a reward. So a cue is a location or a specific time. Cue, not letter cue, but as in like C-U-E. Yeah, okay. exactly. Like something has happened. It has or, to trigger. Yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a trigger. That, that, yeah, I guess that's a good way to think of it. it. It is. It's a trigger, but he calls it a cue. So say, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth and you don't think about it you might it's like an hour later and you're like did i brush my teeth of course you did because it's that's what you do when you wake up you just go immediately do it and then the routine is the habit so like brushing your teeth the reward is well if you're brushing your teeth with mint flavor that's the reward is that nice that uh nice feeling in your mouth well side tangent really quick sorry to interrupt but i don't know if this was included in the book or not but you know, as a marketing ploy, toothpaste doesn't have to have a a foaming effect mm-hmm. or a flavor, but that's what helps us to actually tell it's working is if it lathers in your mouth, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to in order to work. It's just something that our human mind likes to have as a trigger to know it's working. Right. Well, actually, in the book... That's what they. That's the example they use. Oh, they, okay. they use two different stories. They use uh, Febreze and they use selling toothpaste. So back in early 1900s, people just didn't brush their teeth. I don't know how it was. There wasn't any flavoring and there wasn't any foaming. So I just picture baking soda and just like kind of gross and no one did it. Uh, so they went around selling toothpaste and they came up with these things and they came up with the foaming technique and they came up with the mint flavor because... Well, the mint, it was a reward for brushing their teeth. And that's how they got people, because there was a big like crisis of um, just terrible teeth in the United States. Mm. In order to fix that, they came up with this, and it, it was genius. And for the Febreze, they came up with this formula that was going to get rid of all these smells. They thought they were going to, they had the product of the century. They thought, like, these people... They had horrible smelling houses would it would be a cure-all and they would go door to door they were selling Febreze they would go to the smelliest houses 
and they realized like they would sell it to them and these people were like yeah i don't need this and they're like what are you talking about you have cats and dogs everywhere and it smells like urine in here but the people living in there didn't think it smelled like urine so the problem was that the people that needed it most didn't think they needed it mm-hmm. and then they added a scent to it and then they found out that housewives would just mist it over after they cleaned. So that was their habit. They would clean, do a couple sprays, and have that scent. And it would also get rid of any other bad smells. Hmm. But like people don't use Febreze to like get rid of smells. They use it... As almost, an air freshener. Yeah. Oh, it's almost... So you think that air fresheners mostly cover up smells and it's like a mix between the two, but Febreze actually gets rid of it, eliminates it, and then sprays the air freshener. It's like two separate things that are happening, but um, people, you know, didn't appreciate that because all they could smell was this new fragrance. Yeah. They needed to have that, um, that reward of the smell. Exactly. It wasn't enough just to eliminate the bad smell. They wanted something extra. Well, it was a reward of their routine or habit of cleaning. And I mean, they still advertise that it gets rid of smells, but they also have the smell on top. Which it, they had to market it that way. I think that you're kind of un- underemphasizing it because yeah. although it had this awesome technology, people still weren't buying it because it didn't have that reward right. tied to it. It was 100% marketing. They that was the only way that people would buy this product. And once they did that, it was just going right off the shelves. Like they couldn't keep it on. So those, those three, but there's also a fourth one of, um, of the habit loop. So I will talk about, I'll talk about the three. So that you have the cue, like a sense, something happens, you're in a specific location, and then you do the habit, and then you get a reward. So if you do the habit enough, and the reward is good enough. So Let's use working out. You wake up, that's a cue, you work out for an hour, and then you the reward, say, is a, uh, a smoothie. That smoothie is like is good because you get it for working out. And the fourth habit, or like the part of the loop that happens, is, uh, is craving. So, and that's only if you do the habit enough. If you, if you work out enough, you'll work out in thinking about the reward so you'll have the craving at the end of the workout but it happens before you even work out isn't that dangerous if it happens before you work out because you just feel like you could skip the workout and go right to the fulfilling aspect it's yeah you can look at it that way but it almost excites you to work out because you know that there's going to be something awesome at the end of it okay and that's only for when you build the habit and it's been established is that you get that craving Mm -hmm. Uh, for me when I run my reward my craving I guess is um, just saying I did it saying I finished and like checking my time it's not really like food but it's uh, I want to find out how fast or how well I did if I did better than last time okay not everyone's that lucky to have an internal reward. <laughs> well, yeah. It, I mean, I started running. It was kind of like a bumpy ride. I was running at night. Uh, I was trying to build a habit. Just try to run every day. Try to exercise or, you know, work out every day. And I was like, do I do it at night? Do I do it in the morning? And then I was training for the first marathon. 
and I, the marathon's in the morning, so okay, I'll run in the morning. And I, I just got to the point where I didn't like think about it. I didn't like have to think, oh man, I gotta run. It's like, oh, I need to get up because I need to go run. I like have to do it or else. It's like become it some. It, it becomes similar to working. Like you can't think about getting up and now I need to go to work or it's just something you do. Yeah. The other part in the book that was genius, I thought, was you can substitute habits for something new, for new habits. So if you pay attention to your routine, in which he talks about in the book, he said at for lunch, he would get a cookie every day for lunch. And he tried to figure out why he was getting a cookie. Was it the cookie and the sweet tooth that he had? Or was it he wanted... He just happened to walk by someone and he want, he was mingling with people. And that's what ended up happening Happening because he would get up like 2 o'clock. He'd walk by someone, a co-worker. He wanted to talk to him, but it was on the way to, to get a cookie. So what he did, instead of getting a cookie, he just got like a glass of water. But he just, but really, he just wanted to talk to that person. Mm. And he figured that out. So he switched that unhealthy habit to like getting getting a glass of water so he made it a healthy habit i like that it reminds me of like social drinking and people create a habit because everyone else is drinking so yeah you could use that mentality if you were trying to quit that for some reason yeah and i know so when we went on that slow carb diet for like a month that's when i realized i have a, a habit of eating something sweet after dinner like i could eat two full steaks <laughs> i would always feel like i needed a pound of steak and i feel like i always needed something sweet afterwards it's like it doesn't matter how much i eat but then for the slow carb diet we weren't supposed to eat sweets so we were drinking red wine instead and that actually worked mm-hmm. but then i was afraid great i'm gonna be addicted to red wine <laughs> mm-hmm. and after dinner i'll need a glass of red wine so we we've have switched to tea but yeah, now, now it, obviously these have not, this has not become quite a habit yet because we yeah. don't have it nailed down. We're now back in the cycle of wanting sweets after our meal. Yeah. And I'm just thinking you could use this in any part of life. Um, if you're a smoker, is it getting up every hour to go outside and smoke? Is that, is that a habit over the fact that you actually want a cigarette? If you are, I mean, smoking is hard enough, but say, try to quit smoking by quitting those daily habits. So instead of like getting up after lunch, going out and smoking, get up after lunch and, you know, get a drink of water, get a glass of water, cup of coffee, then go sit down because it might not be the cigarette that is the urge, but just the habit of doing something afterwards. And try to create that another point in the book about creating habits is so like once you create a habit you have a tendency to like build other habits so it's it's like exponential and they're called keystone habits that's what he says in the book they help people create the small wins in their lives i guess um i don't know what an example of that would be but uh a keystone habit is a small win what I'm reading but uh, so these small wins they create motivation 
and momentum to build other habits. So an example in the book, he uses dieters. Someone, people are dieting. Oh yeah, he found out that just writing in their journal as a habit about the food they eat makes them more conscious of the food that they're eating. So that's that habit of creating a journal, a food journal, could create a habit of eating better. And we were talking earlier today that I wanted to do this. I wanted to create, I just wanted to do it for a week of doing a food journal to see what I eat, to make it myself more conscious. Um, but I also heard from Tim Ferriss that taking a picture of your food is better than a food journal. And people who do food journals lose weight or more likely to lose weight than people who don't. So that means taking a picture is better than all of them. <laughs> Thank goodness, because that's actually less work. It's a lot less work. So I thought about just taking a picture of each meal that I, I have and posting it on Instagram. That's it. And like that is the, I feel like that's like another level. Like just taking a picture and looking at it is like it makes me aware but if i post it it makes everyone else aware and i don't want other people to think that i'm eating poorly all the time so you bring in like peer pressure which i don't know it could have benefits or it could could come back and hurt you but um i just thought that was good i don't know if you i don't know how if you, if you have anything to add to that add to what specifically just the, the um, creating a habit of or do you have any habits that you well, want we to get rid of or want to create? Well, we I think we talked about just knowing yourself and not denying personality traits that you know you have that may not be amazing traits. So, for example, I am not a morning person. Yeah. I absolutely know that about myself. I will not wake up early for anything. I won't even make up early, let alone to work out, but not even to pack my clothes to work out later. So in order for me to work out, I have to just accept that that's what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm not changing my habit of being a morning person or a night person. So I just leverage what I do know about myself. And I know that I could easily run right outside my work because there's a beautiful pier and so why not just come home for lunch because i'm not gonna wake up early to pack my clothes i could do it the night before which we talked about which i should probably start doing the reason why i like to come home on my lunch is so i don't go out to eat and spend money going out to eat so i have two reasons to come home to get my stuff to work out and to eat from just our groceries knowing that and you know i i went a couple of weeks or I went a while thinking, I'm going to work out today. Today's the day. And you think about it at work and it's so nice out. And yeah, I, I'm going to work out after work. It's so nice out. And then after work comes, and this was in the winter where it gets dark earlier and it's dark out. By the time I get home, I'm like, yeah, I'm not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to create the habit of going home for lunch, packing my stuff, going back to work, changing at work and just walking out the front door at work and running not 
being tempted by the couch once I get home, I, I knew I had to do it immediately after work. And it, and it actually has stuck. The only times that it's not the best is if I have work dinners or something out of the ordinary, um, like a, a conference or an event that's happening. So I, I have to work through that one, but so far it's been, it's been working if it hasn't been those odd days. That's good. Yeah, you, that is very tempting to come home and like see the couch just right there or look for food. That's a habit that I've had pretty much my whole life. When you get home, look in the cupboard, look in the fridge. It's just, it's like, what am I doing? I'm not even hungry. Like you might come home from dinner and just immediately do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's very true. So yeah, I think that just knowing yourself and the qualities that you have Mm-hmm. knowing what is too much to change right now. It's too much for me to think about becoming a morning person. Well, so, all right, so that has to do with willpower, and he talks about that in the book. Um, so your willpower is the um, is the most important part of creating a habit. And in order to conserve willpower, which we talked about, is to create, like, automation. So you create um, pretty much existing habits. So I eat oatmeal for breakfast. I don't, I'm not thinking about my breakfast. That's automated. I don't. So my willpower is conserved, and so later as the day goes on at work, I can I can be like I have a stronger will, mm-hmm. I guess. Right to say no to more things more often because exactly. the the one thing about willpower is it comes from one bucket. You don't have a willpower bucket for working out another one for work, another one for patients, another one for cleaning. It's like you have one willpower bucket that everything that comes your way is pulling from. So you can easily exhaust it. So it's very important to surround yourself with people who aren't going to drain it. And I think, and it's a muscle too. I think of it as you can grow that willpower. Um, But in order to do that, you have to do things that require discipline. And that's why I think the most successful people, if you give them a task to do, then they will do it. They can, they can go on diets for a month. They can go on, they can change their lifestyle because they have really strong willpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I also think that you know it takes time to build a muscle. Yeah, it definitely does. And you, if you're wanting to start all these habits, you have, oh, I wish I was a morning person. I wish I worked out. I wish I needed to have a great diet. I wish I needed to do more events after work. It's like you can't just start on all of those things. You have to be disciplined in what you're going to focus on first and then yeah. slowly build the muscle up once you have one habit down. I, I, think, uh, I think it was Tim Ferriss who said that you can only change – I want to say one or two parts of your life at a time because if you try to do more than that then you'll fail at all of them mm-hmm. so I did not try to improve my diet and work out like I didn't do both of those I just try to work out I'll do diet after and which I think it worked out pretty well but diet's not great but it's definitely better than what it used to be mm-hmm. now, now you're adding book pages because you have the working out down Oh yeah, yeah. Now I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the uh, read one page a night. <laughs> if I can't read one page a night, then my my life is not. <laughs> I do not have it in order. Or your willpower muscle is not very yeah. built. 
Yeah, and I'm trying to I'm trying to create that habit by doing that. So the habit's like really easy. All right, you anyone can read one page a night, and eventually you'd be like, oh yeah, I need to read. Oh, I think I'll read two pages tonight instead of one. I also think you know talking about willpower and habits and automation, mm-hmm. it makes me think of the mastery video that we were listening to with Robin Sharma. Yeah. And he was talking about uh, you have core beliefs and it's so important to know what your main five core beliefs are because that is your automation a lot of times. So you oftentimes revert back to that. And I th- we've mentioned this example, but it's worth saying again because I can't come up with a better one of someone being a huge fan of him of his and he had recommended a book that he really liked it wasn't his book but it was a book that that he thought that this fan would like and immediately the fan asked how much it was yeah so that is a true sign that money is a core belief or a core value of Mm. his and so it's worth reflecting on and understanding what your core values and beliefs are because you know that that also automates what triggers you to be upset what triggers your questions what triggers your um hesitations yeah and you know we're talking about automation you know that you're steve jobs and you wear a turtleneck and jeans every day yeah the clothes thing is I want to do that so bad. Well, I kind of do. I have, so I have dress shirts in my closet, and the one on like the left side is the one I haven't worn like the longest, in the longest. So I take it out, I wear it, I put it on the right side, and then it's like on the end of the line. Mm -hmm. And I never have to think about it. I never have to think, wait, when did I wear this last? Yeah, so it's one less thing to think about. Yeah. That is true. I do spend a lot of time thinking about my outfits. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it's like, why did I think of this so many years ago? But, you know, it's part of the process. You have to, whatever you do every day, try to automate it. It's, I mean, it's not going to change. You go to work every day. You get up every day. You go, you know, do something before bed every day. Those are the key times. And, oh, yeah, in the book, he... I think he mentions that's the best time to create a habit is after something you do every day. So something like, that's already a routine. Exactly. So uh, lunch, breakfast, or waking up before you go to bed. Um, it's like those are the perfect time because those are already the cues. You already have them set. You just have to change your routine. Mm-hmm. I think someone I worked with. Um, said that they drink a glass of water after each time they go to the bathroom because they wanted to remember to drink more often oh, cool. um, drink water more often and hydrate and you know it's a desk job so you're just sitting at your desk all day and there's no real reason to get up if you don't need to so yeah that was another way to trigger it so yeah meals are great time of day um, bio breaks yeah um trying to think of uh... actually that that actually would help toward personality types that are more are more spontaneous that you know are more of a free spirit and they don't have a routine but it's like everyone eats everyone wakes up everyone goes to bed 
True. So you can look at it as an opportunity to start there. Yeah. I mean, like I try to make routines as much as possible to make my life easier. But some people don't like that. Some people just like to go with the flow. But you have to eat sometime. So even if you were to do like, oh, I just ate. I should probably do like my five push-ups. Like, wait, you do five push-ups after you eat every time? Yeah. And it, I've done, you know, 100 this week. <laughs> Dang, that's way more than I would do if I wasn't doing five push-ups. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't, it's a small thing. So yeah, add up. Yeah. Uh, so um, that's Power of a Habit. It's my favorite book. And I've only listened to it once, and it, I feel like it changed my life. Uh, another, my other favorite book is probably the Art of Tidying Up. The Art of Tidying Up, or like minimalism. It's one of those. It's not a book. It's just like a way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I'll do a review, or I'll do a talk about that because I love it that much. Awesome. Well, I hope this is helpful. Thanks. Thank you for listening.